we're just getting right to it. I love it. Welcome back to Smell You Later, your favorite podcast about scent and smell. And your favorite podcast, period. Period. According to the reviews. <laughs> <laughs> this means nothing to anyone, but we're recording remotely tonight. And I've been saying I was going to buy a new mic for the just about two years that we've been recording for when we record remote, because I think I sound like shit on my old mic. I think I sound like I'm in an aquarium. And it's gotten progressively worse and worse. And finally, I just bit the bullet <laughs> and was like, because last time we recorded, I was like, I sound like I'm in a tin can in an aquarium that has sunk into the bottom of the sea. Wait, is, the, is this so... a new mic? Yeah. Okay, I thought it looked a little different. Okay. New mic, new laptop, same bitch ass attitude. (laughs) But like, hopefully, hopefully this is going to be a better experience for our listeners. So fingers crossed. We're very professional. You know, the AV of it all has played us before and it will not play us tonight. Yeah, we're a tech podcast now. (laughs) We are a tech podcast. We've always been a tech podcast, really. I think so. Okay, I feel like we have to talk about the elephant in the Zoom. Oh, God. <laughs> well, should, can I take it away here? Yes, yes, or... I think you should. Okay, okay, yeah, it feels right. Yeah. It's Wednesday night. Sable mm-hmm. and I saw each other last night. So imagine my surprise when I am minding my own business, checking my email, which I do because I'm a <laughs> professional woman, and I see an email from the PR from none other than Le Labo. And I said to myself, oh shit, like <laughs> they, they've, they're finally pulling up, which after all the shit I've talked about the brand on this podcast, they deserve to do. Right, really specifically <laughs> Santal 29, but whatever. I like how you don't even get the number right. You're just like disrespectful. From like- <laughs> Santal 33. Sorry. Yeah. Oh my God. The way I, the way I sincerely said that. Um, sorry. I'm there. But they invited us in to mm-hmm. their flagship store in Williamsburg mm-hmm. to like really intimately get to know the perfumes and the rest of the collection, the candles, et cetera. And so Sable and I went and did that last night and we spent a good hour in yeah. the store learning about the collection, getting to smell it firsthand, getting to smell the city exclusive collection, which we'll explain in a minute if we want to, which dropped by the time this episode will be out. Sable, what did you think? I mean, it's not my first time at that particular rodeo. I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, I live in the neighborhood. So, you know, sometimes when I want to just like waste time, I will pop into the shop and smell some things, not buy anything. And yeah. <laughs> Well, I didn't know that the numbers next to all the names refer to the amount of ingredients. Mm -hmm. And I think by ingredients, they mean the amount of notes in each scent. Sure. Because I'm like, that's definitely not the amount of ingredients, but okay. So yeah, I was like familiar with the collection, obviously. But yeah, we learned a lot. I was not familiar with the city exclusives, nor Mm -hmm. did I know that they're only available in September everywhere. And the rest of the year, you have to go to the namesake city to get that scent. So if you didn't gather, Le Labo does a city-exclusive fragrance for each of their, I believe, each of the cities cities that they're in. I can't I imagine, so. or, or yeah. at least the major ones. I'm not familiar with how many uh, brick and mortars they have. There are a lot. But in, uh, there were, a, there yeah. were like, I don't know. I'm trying to picture it like around 20 maybe more maybe t- like two two dozen maybe yeah know. oh i think she, i think she said 26 i don't 20, know yeah um, there was a lot dude there was a ton so we're talking chicago dubai paris i mean cities yeah and yeah <laughs> let me, so see, you let me have say to, some cities <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh, oh you travel name all the cities <laughs> um but yeah, so you, I think it's really cool to be able to buy them to be the place that you're in because scent is so tied to, of course, memory and location. But also, I think it's really cool that they launch them to be purchased everywhere for a full month because that is cool. I fucking want them. So that was cool. And I'm glad that we, when they brought us in, those were available in store because they, they roll them out in store to smell in August. And then you can only buy them in September. So mm-hmm. they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People really flip out for that Tokyo one, the Gaiac. That was really good. I feel like that's the one that I get, that I feel gets the most name drops. Mm-hmm. I also did not realize that the New York one is tuberose. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why did we get tuberose? I know. Weird. 
I know. Like, that's not what I think of when I think of New York. <laughs> well, I mean, they don't want to bottle that. <laughs> like I said, I've talked a lot of shit about Santal 33 on this show because, I'm, you know, whatever. But yeah, I, I, I was just pretty unfamiliar with the rest of the collection. A good friend of mine, Zeke, wears, I think, Tainoa. And then, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, people, people wear people the fragrance. People wear but also them. like, But like, do they? I don't know. I, in spite of myself, really enjoyed myself with you and the people who were running mm-hmm, us through mm-hmm. the collection i find myself really liking a lot of the fragrances which i don't say like I mean, that that didn't take me by surprise i just like to finish that thought i would like to spend more time with them and wear some of the ones like iris and you know you really like the matcha and things like that mm-hmm. um i would i i would find myself being like pleasantly surprised by each of them because all the fragrances are named for a note basically or a city but the core yeah are all named for a note and yeah i don't know it was just i was like huh maybe i should shut my mouth every once in a while i won't <laughs> but i I will consider doing so i do feel like lilava was like the one brand that everybody name drops when they just discover fragrance or something <laughs> mm-hmm. i don't know why it feels like that brand do you <laughs> i i dis- i disagree but go on when people think th- they're like, oh, I know what the young, cool kids like. La Labo. Yeah. But like, I the only reason I disagree is because their distribution is so limited that like you can't really discover them unless you are in a major city. Well, well, you can buy them on like Nordstrom.com and you can find yeah. them in department stores. But if you're just getting into fragrance, you're not going to like, I don't think you're going to buy La Labo blind from. Well, no, because they're like $200. Yeah, right. Also, I also, also didn't that. know like the price point, and I was like, "Damn, these are like quite quite a bit more acorns than other brands of the same ilk." I thought I knew the price point, and then I I agree with you. Even the core collections, the, the city exclusives are, are even higher, you know, more up there. But even even the core, I was like, "Okay, this is expensive." <laughs> like, I, yeah, even for like the one seven, I was like, "Damn." Yeah, like the the one ounce is like two ninety. Yeah. I often forget that the level also mixes all of the fragrances right yes. in front of you, which is that cute. is actually really cool. I do like watching that. It feels yeah. special. It's more of an experience and like the luxury component of it, which I get. So I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I see that goes into it as well. And there's like the the neurotic part of me that's like what if it's like a busy day in the Lalabo shop and they're making, they're mixing all these fragrances and they like mix them up or like they put the wrong oil in the wrong bottle and like that's gotta mm-hmm. have happened at some point. Oh, totally. totally. And like, what do you do with the duds? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the they mistakes. Yeah. And and they put your name on the bottle, which obviously I'm obsessed with because you put that my name cool. on anything and yes. I'll pay whatever you want me to for it. So yeah, um, so joke's on me. I will be thinking more about Lalabo. Oh, Sable, what fragrance did you walk away with? I walked away with Te Matcha, which I believe is their newest one to the core collection. Mm-hmm. And I think like one of their most unique scents. That's like a really good representation of their whole collection. Yeah. IMO. Yeah. It's not the first time I smelled it. I remember walking to the shop like several weeks ago and putting it on. And in my memory, it smells different, like a lot different than it smelled the first time yeah. I experienced it versus yesterday i remember the first time thinking like wow this is like i really get the matcha such a literal like almost like um a variation on replica matcha meditation which is like a very literal matcha based scent and then like yesterday i was like this is not like matcha at all like what (laughs) the matcha one to me that you got is the biggest outlier i think in mm. my mind for their collection because they're all named for you know uh, a lot of florals um some woods and, and they're all pretty i don't want to say literal interpretations because i don't really believe that to be the case in like a third of them at least but you can track the iris in it right it, with, with the iris one you can track the rose you can like it's it's right yeah. there in front of you and like it is uh expanded upon in a really beautiful way but like you know what you're smelling matcha exactly. Like like you said, I was, and I know that there are a ton of ways to interpret matcha, but that one I was like, I like what I'm smelling, but I don't get matcha from it at yeah, all. I know matcha, I know matcha is a green tea. Like I know matcha is a green tea. Don't come for me, but it it smells more like a 
a note that would be called out as green tea versus matcha. I'm cutting that out. They're going to drag me for that. Um, I don't know. It's just like, yeah, I like matcha a lot. It's just not what I would sort of expect. But I do. I think it's cool. I think it's cool. It, yeah, it's it seems definitely a little an artistic bit like rendering. It almost also seems a little bit more like, I don't know. Um, I don't want to say like trend chasing but sort of like in response to things that are happening in fragrance and i'm not saying like the matcha meditation and everything it just seems a little bit more like on trend in the lifestyle space more mm -hmm. so than they usually you know are and also they don't release a lot of shit no they release a new one every two years they said damn this one is very very figgy and it was like i was like i know what this note is it's like green but creamy and they're like, oh, it's probably it's there's a lot of fig in there. And I was like, that's the one. Mm -hmm. But I was like, this smells familiar. And I don't know why. And they're like, oh, fig. That's why. Yeah. So like when I think of fig fragrances, I obviously think of Debaser. Yeah. Which is like the figgiest fig fragrance I've ever smelled. Yeah. And this definitely gives me that vibe. Yeah. 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 I walked away with the Tonka fragrance, which mm -hmm. I am really happy with. I knew, with. The yeah, whole I knew time, you were going to go for that one. <laughs> I know. I know. Fucking, I just so did I. The yeah. whole time. I mean, like I said, I really enjoyed a lot of things that I smelled, but I was like, can someone give me something sweet, please? I, I beg. Um, I really love the vanilla Paris I know. One. So the city yeah. exclusive to Paris is a vanilla, which we're both going to track down. But Hell the yeah. Tonka is really, really nice. The Tonka mm -hmm. is pretty sweet. It's... There's a lot of wood and musk undertones, but I mean, it is sweet, sort of like a lot of vanilla. It's sort of a very like syrupy, sticky vanilla. It actually reminds me quite a bit of Lush's Rentless, which is one of my favorites. I love that scent. It just makes me want to wear like that as well. So I'm really happy with what I walked away with. Yes, I am happy with Te Matcha very much. I was torn between that one or Ambrette. And I, I couldn't fucking smell Ambrette well, at like, all I on the sample of ambrette and i really liked it and then for i got that sample like maybe like a few years ago like three or four years ago at least and i really liked it it was like kind of soft and powdery and musky and then like when i smelled it yesterday i was like where is it like, i couldn't smell it on the paper i couldn't smell yeah. it on my skin i was, was like so i weird. probed again great so weird. <laughs> yeah it was super weird i was like when did did you change the formula like what's going on <laughs> yeah i uh I mean, last thing I want to say about this, because this has suddenly turned into the Lilabo episode, but like I and I, I mean, just talking to the brand and all of that uh, and, and Lilabo being what it is, I think specifically probably in New York City, because they have such a, a prominence here, having mm -hmm. two brick and mortars, one in Manhattan, one in Brooklyn, and uh, people are very aware of them. There's a lot of Lilabo running around. We know which one specifically, but it struck me talking to the brand and the PR, like how, and being owned by Estee Lauder, like being an Estee brand, having gotten bought out, um, how protective they are of their brand and how true to their concept that they stay, you know, because once a brand gets bought by not specifically Estee, but an Estee or a Coty or a L'Oreal, like they start moving like a brand like that in mm -hmm. little ways and big ways and it all starts to look the same like yeah and you know we see it happen every year and Lilabo certainly still feels like a really well-established independent brand which is very impressive to me just knowing like what they have to deal with on on or or being familiar with what they have to deal with on the inside I was thinking about that as I was like stomping around my office today I was like huh they must change. have like negotiated that as part of the sale yeah maybe they oh, retained completely. like more of an ownership or something but Kara mentioned that the what's his face Ronald La I don't know one of the Lauders the big wigs in the Lauder family mm -hmm. used to pop into the Nolita shop mm. the, the Nolita Lalabo shop and sniff things and like talk to the staff and stuff so like part of me is like maybe it was one of those things where like the Lauders just liked the brand and then one day and wanted to own it right right yeah because, like, I don't oh. know who the founders of the Labo are. They're, like, two mysterious French dudes. Like, I have no idea. Right. Are they dudes? Right. I don't even know. Well, well, shout out to the Labo. I yeah. I am marginally changing my tune. <laughs> <laughs> um, You know what brand I am about to connect with and I'm really excited about? Hmm. I think we've briefly talked about them. Overrose. They're that European company that does the croissant candle that oh. bl blew up and, like, yeah. um, they're 
they're doing fine fragrances now that are like in these like very kooky wavy bottles that are all super like iridescent Ooh. i'm excited about that they're gonna send me some shit oh and they were just listening to the show too really i reached out and they're and they were like uh funny you should email us where your ears burning because we were uh just listening to you like last week and i was like hey whoa i know it's so weird how like i i mean like yes i'm i love this podcast this project i'm very proud of what we do but i also when i think of it it's like this is our kind of like a pet project and then like yeah. The other day, because I have a very narcissistic Google search alert for my name, I was alerted mm-hmm. to my name in a Vanity Fair article tied to this podcast, which was weird. It was an, from the May issue. Wait, what? Yeah, it, it's from the it was this, my name was dropped in the May issue of Vanity Fair, along with an article about rose scented fragrances and like how fragrance is like you know reinventing or overturning the reputation of rose as something from your grandma to something that's like modern and new and interesting blah 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 something like not your grandmother's rose you know that's like the sentiment but i remember actually talking to the beauty director of vanity fair uh laura regensdorf and we were just like chatting about fragrances but i didn't know it was for like that like i didn't know it was loud yeah, I was like, and then like I was trying to think back to it because I was like, if that's the May issue, then like I know we chatted like in the spring sometime, and I'm like, I truly don't remember what I said in the whole conversation. That's so funny. So it's that's what yeah. that I that's why I always prefer written because like yes, know what the fuck I'm saying? Like I'm a writer. Let me write it down. Yeah, but the funniest part was that like whatever my quote was was completely unnecessary. It was like the last line of the article, and it was something like Sable Young, co-host of smell you later well she called it a perfume podcast which i was like why did no fact checkers reach out to me because i wouldn't people are gonna call it people are gonna call it that but i also thought it was weird that that, like there were no fact checkers that reached out to me about that but whatever conde and it was something like a really nothing comment that had nothing to do with anything (laughs) something about like my grins is different now (laughs) like that didn't have to be in the article at all right (laughs) especially like the last sentence of it i was like okay whatever i mean cool but sure i guess when margot quoted me and (laughs) al about perfume and gender and all of that we we connected via zoom and and the she mentioned something about like my hot pink wing liner or like my pink eyeshadow or something and the fact checker would not get off my dick about that specifically he was like were you were you wearing um a hot pink eye that day a hot pink wing liner and he's of course he's a dude so he doesn't like know how to say it and i was like what and he was like like a a a pink cat eye i was like do you want to talk about what i said he was like what were you wearing i was like maybe because she mentions it in the piece yeah but i like i love that that's what they fact check for me and then they don't even like talk to you so funny yeah anyway don't trust the media (laughs) (laughs) please keep mentioning Um, our podcast (laughs) right exactly sable what do you smell like today okay so i kind of chomped at the bit earlier but i smell like la lava te matcha i don't smell like tea i kind of smell just like a woody figgy creamy scent Mm -hmm. it's really nice it's very pleasant also i realized that last night i sprayed it on the little card that came in the box and i like left it on my little dining table in the living room and i woke up this morning and i like opened my bedroom door and i just like got a whiff of it and i'm like damn this shit lasts like wow i mean i was watching the guy make it and he like kept putting the dropper into the bottle of perfume oil and then squirting it into my bottle like seven times i was like Mm -hmm. okay this shit is concentrated yeah at least there's that i was like cool but it smells all day i've been like trying to put my finger on it because it it really changes throughout the wear Mm-hmm. But like overall, it starts out fresh and zesty, kind of green, and then it dries down to be a little like more papery and woody. Yeah. And then like finally it gets like a little creamy and laconic and like a little bit nutty, which I really like. Mm. It's beautiful. It's a lovely scent. It's not, I feel like I will be upset if like all of New York starts smelling like Tay <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but 
before that, I was like, no, this is a good scent. And I wonder, because I know the other tea scent, Tay Noir, is like a big hotel scent. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I could see Tay Matcha also being a good scent space or space scent. Mm-hmm. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I really like uh, it. Tynan, what do you smell like today? As mentioned, I also <laughs> smell like Lilabo. I smell like Tonka 25. I really like this fragrance a lot. I feel like with a lot of the fragrances I have been lucky to receive lately, some of them new, some of them newer, but very new to me. It is very much like Titan season. Uh, <laughs> it's everything has been warm, sweet spicy lately and you know i don't really do the whole seasonal thing anymore with my fragrances but i'm not really ready to go there yet because it's the end of august and i'm trying to you know get every last bit of summer as i can and i know i will have many many months for all of this spicy fantasy but this fits perfectly right into all that it's gorgeous unlike temacha it's a very linear scent it Mm. smells pretty much the same right after it dries down as it does right now. I mean, there's a there's a little bit of evolution there, like right from spring and on, of course, but it's just gorgeous. It's really, they try to, uh, by the way, the Lilabo web copy is garbage. Girls, hire me or Sable, like get it together. It sounds this like two is, different people did it. Oh my God. It like sounds like different 20 stuff. different people did it. Yeah. It sounds like, God, for these $300 fragrances, it sounds like a Mad Lib. Anyway, <laughs> respectfully, they sell this through as a woody, musky scent with a hint of vanilla. And I completely turned that on its head. It is very vanilla forward, supported by woods and maybe giving given a little bit more breath by musk. But I mean, it's but it's not vanilla in a literal sense. It's a very like antique vanilla. It's a very like bourbon vanilla. It's like uh caramelized and you know it's been burnt a little it's Mm -hmm. it doesn't read vanilla but it is sweet in a way that can only be vanilla do you know what i mean it's great it's like what do you call that dessert girl of the the banana one that you set on fire i don't know um dessert (laughs) (laughs) banana flambe Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I just think of like sweetness and heat. Yeah. I don't know. I love it. Like I, I I can't say anything else other than like I really like it. And I'm so glad I finally landed on a scent like this there. Because I could have walked out with Iris or I could have walked out mm-hmm. with something else and been very happy. But I will go back to this and I will definitely wear this. And yeah. I don't know. It has my name on it. And it's great. Like I get it now. You know, I get it. <laughs> I wonder if it really was just like, was it celebrity proximity that made it like so much cooler in like the broader cultural sense? Because I remember like, isn't Bieber what made uh, Santal pop off? I think so. He was a big proponent. Yeah. Like maybe that. And and you know what? Like shit. It's like smelling Santal 33 alongside, you know, the rest of their collection. I was, I was like, I do like this. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I have worn it before. I wore it on our one year anniversary of the show. And I said I like it then. And and I like it now, I guess. I, I don't love how ubiquitous it is, but good for it. I actually like really liked it last night because it's so woody, but there is also like a cucumber refreshness to it. I don't know. It's great. I think it's a good, like, I feel like there was just like a big sandalwood trend or sandalwood craze. Mm-hmm. of that era because i realized that like so many brands came out with the sandalwood mm-hmm. so i was like it's not just that but i do feel like that's just considered like the symbol of that trend i think it heralded in that like genderless unisex clean smelling blah 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 that everyone was obsessed with yeah and i think to that point we are finally i think exiting this whole skin scent craze like i, I hesitate to even say it out loud but i think that and this is an incorrect category for the scent but mm-hmm. i think a lot of people thought that santal 33 was a skin scent and it's not it's yeah. a wood but you know it is it's not even light i mean like it's loud no it's pretty loud. like I, I can always smell it when someone's wearing it yes completely yeah. and you always know but like since it is in its own way soft uh 
textured. It's not super heavy. It's not super any one thing. It's just sort of this idea of of what I think people would like in that skin. Anyway, on this Tonka 25 product page, <laughs> it says it evokes the smell of warm skin and resinous wood. No, it doesn't. Like, stop saying that. There's nothing skin like <laughs> about this. It is like super sweet. And yes, resinous wood's fine. But like, stop. Not everything's skin set. I think anyway. like people who write copy for fragrance just write it as if it's like any other product or they just write A, like what they've been told and B, whatever perceptions of fragrance they had already, it just like plays into that. Yeah, that's right. So that's why you get really basic things that don't make sense. I, to finally switch gears, I want to follow up with you. You finally get your hands <laughs> on, because this is not a Lilabo podcast. <laughs> This is a Kayali podcast. <laughs> you finally got your hands on yes. Kayali burnt cherry. Is I love fest burning cherry. I love it. You were standing that yeah. all week. I, I was, was like, into that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I already like cherry scents. So, mm-hmm. and that is a new development for me. Yeah. I've always liked Tom Ford lost cherry, but it always felt like a special occasion kind of fragrance. Yep. Because it's like so intensely cherry that it almost mm-hmm. feels like a cartoon. But love the yes. Kaoli one yes. is much more multidimensional, complex. Uh-huh. And like when you first spray it on, you're like, oh, my God, yes. This smells so much like Tom Ford Lost Cherry because it yep. has that syrupy maraschino cherry scent. Yep. But then it very quickly changes, at least on me. And it gives me a lot of more like dark, complex, woody, drier notes. Yeah. Yeah. It also, it doesn't last, ter- like it doesn't last as long as my other Kaoli scents do, which is interesting. I don't know why that is, but mm-hmm. it's just like more of an interesting journey on the wear. That's so funny you say that because I, I do not have that same experience with you with the wear. I think it clings to me. I cannot get mm. that shit off. Um, but I totally agree with you and your so I was originally a little underwhelmed by it because I did liken it to Lost Cherry a lot even though I did say at the time there is more going on and it is in in a lot of ways better I I liked Lost Cherry when it came out one because you gave it to me and that felt really special to me but two it also felt like a new idea and a novelty Mm -hmm. like yes it wasn't the first cherry scent of course but just sort of the way Tom Ford did it in the in the candy maraschino cherry way. Did it really nicely, and that's exactly what it is. But this, you're right. I think this is just a better version of that idea. I mean, it's got you know, of course, a burning cherry note with raspberry mm-hmm. and praline. But then uh, you get Palo Santo, Guyacwood, and patchouli, and you really do get those in the back and throughout where. But you don't lose any of the really juicy charred cherry or the berries or the sweet praline. Like uh, the woods and patchouli just come up the back really nicely and balance it out. I really like this a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. It's really good. Mm-hmm. It is really good. I also don't entirely understand the huge hype around Lost Cherry. Is it just that it's expensive? Like, I don't I think, entirely get I it. Think, I think it's expensive, it's sexy, and it's salacious. It's all the things that Tom Ford always is. The more, like, going back to what you were saying about fragrance copy, every time the word sexy is in fragrance copy, I'm always like, why? Well, because it's, they're it's always a... on wildly different scents. So there's no yes. collective idea of what sexy is. They just like throw that in there. And I'm like, why and how is this sexy? You should never, if you have to call something sexy, yeah, it's not. Like you yeah. should never say sexy. You should never say luxury. Like mm-hmm. there are words in, in brand copy that you shouldn't say. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because if you have to say it, then it's not. And that's something <laughs> that I do all day. You know, like it's. There was one, I forget which one it was, but it said that the scent was both sensual and sexy. And I was like, are they not synonyms? Yeah, don't those <laughs> don't those hold hands? I was like, like, what? I know, I know. Oh, like, Sometimes did you just have to like... hit a word count? <laughs> yeah, exactly. In this God. essay, I <laughs> But yeah, like so many fragrances get the moniker of sexy. And I'm like, what do you mean by that though? Like there are mm-hmm. so many broad definitions of what sexy means, but and like why is this? The, I don't know. Why is the cherry lost? What did you do with it? I don't. So many questions. So many. You questions know what they did with yeah. it. Okay. <laughs> okay, I am gonna have you 
introduce this episode because oh we've God. talked about it three times and I still don't really understand it. So. I don't either. So, okay. The ge- the genesis is from a TikTok, a fragrance TikTok video about a girl. It's a girl and there's like, she does the green screen and behind her is a photo of like an iceberg and you see the top of it and you see it below water. And of course, you know, an iceberg underwater is so much bigger than what you see on top. And she was going through like all of the brands of fragrance that like she thinks represent the tiers of fragrance know-how. So like at the top, you have all of the popular mass fragrances that everybody can get into at every at the lowest price, the, lo- the most accessible price point and availability. And then at the bottom are like the most niche, the most if you know, you know brands. And I'll be honest, like halfway through the iceberg, I was like, who the fuck are all these brands? I don't fucking know who any of these people are. I'm sort of just like, what are we like, what are we trying to prove here? Like, I do get it. I know. I don't is, know. Is this is this just like a flex of like, look at how much, you know, and like, I honestly say that with no ill will or disrespect to the girl. But I'm just like, what are we what are we saying? I am sort of thinking of this as like a how it started, how it's going format. You yeah, know? I like that better. <laughs> okay. I like that a lot like, better. I think for our format, yeah. like not not to simplify it by any means, but it's like we don't have the luxury of a visual component here. So I think uh-huh. we can walk our listeners and ourselves through this journey without having to like stratify it seven ways. Yeah, we will ways. not. We will not do a YouTube podcast. Like I don't. Oh. I don't know how people do that, but Which I'm not is doing a shame because we are gorgeous. I know. My look today is popping. <laughs> I uh-huh. don't know how people do. Mostly, I'm just like, is this a nightmare for editing? Like, Girl, this is a nightmare for editing, and they well, we don't exactly, have video. Exactly. God. That's why I'm like, how do y'all do it? There's two five things hours like- on a Sunday. Okay, I think we can do our personal journeys into where we started and where we are now. And okay. I made a couple notes, but also it's like, also my question to like, what, like, what is this? What are we trying? To that TikTok, like, what are we trying to prove here? Like, I know all the niche brands, or like, I think that, I, yeah, that, or like, a, like, a, is it a not to her but like a money thing like here are all the most expensive because it's like i i look at my fragrance collection and i look at yours and yes i know that we are saying this as two people who work in the industry and get this all for free but i don't even own a lot of like insanely expensive shit you know what i mean yeah the smaller and the more niche the brand they're not gonna have pr that's just like right dusting those samples all over you know well and as much as the listeners don't want to pay $500 for fragrance bitch neither do we well yeah yeah completely not to and I'm sorry that doesn't make us any less of an expert that just makes us not an idiot or with generational wealth um I don't know and a lot of things are not available all over the world so I'm sure there are a ton of amazing brands like in the Middle East that like we'd never heard of just because they're not available here and no one's told us about them yet, but and anyway, that's I think that's why I had a hard time with the concept because I was like, what the what are we actually saying? Anyway, we know what we're doing. We know what we're doing. <laughs> okay, so I started my fragrance journey began, of course, specifically with the Bath and Body Works hand sanitizers. I think because they were one of the mo- more affordable things at the store, and when I was like a teenager. And, you know, $20 was a lot of money to me at the time. I would, I don't remember how much they were. They had to have been like $10 or less, the hand sanitizers. But me and my friends would like collect them. Mm-hmm. The Freesia one was big, Sun and Raspberry, Cucumber Melon, Juniper Breeze. Like, I feel like those were like the big four mm-hmm. that we all. Uh, excuse me, warm vanilla oh, sugar. Oh, warm vanilla sugar. I feel like that Please. one came later. I don't know. I feel like that one came later down the line, but. I think that's just like my memory getting foggy. But yes, that one as well. I liked the warm vanilla sugar body spray more than this hand sanitizer. I don't know why. Maybe in like the al- the super alcoholic context, it just like didn't translate as well. But I do remember that body splash being fucking everywhere in my high school. Mm. And it became like either you're a warm vanilla sugar girl or you're a cucumber melon girl. And there were two camps and those were it. Well, you know which camp I was in. Yes. <laughs> um, my introduction to fragrance, and this goes way back. Let me take you on a journey. Is I think I've only name dropped these ones on the show before. The juice bar 
fragrance sprays. Do you remember these? I don't. Yes, I don't think I you do. absolutely do. Maybe They're if I the saw ones, them, I would. I'm going to show you. Okay. They are the ones that were like just candy scents. The one I'm staring at right now is Gummy Bear. They had cotton candy. They were just the most cavity-inducing saccharine fragrances. And they're like just for preschoolers. Like this is the... <laughs> do you remember these? Oh my God. Okay, yes, yes, yes. I absolutely remember those. Oh yeah. God. Yes. I, I never knew I what their name these, was. But I, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I ne- never owned any of these, but all my little girlfriends did mm-hmm. and my very 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 young years and i the way i would steal these and just douse myself <laughs> in them. um because they were everything i wanted to be they were like mm-hmm. smelled like candy they were pink they were perfume they looked like a perfume bottle i was like this is everything i want and look at what i turned into <laughs> <laughs> a little inkling of what was to come <laughs> exactly now you're just a human candy <laughs> right that's all i want to be Okay, next tier was, of course, in the very mall culture days, the gift with purchase department store fragrances. I would, my mom, whenever she would like go to the Lancome counter or go to the Clinique counter, she would give me the gift with purchase. I was just, because, you know, you have to take your kids shopping with you because that's what childcare is back in the day. So she was like, here you go. Here's a little present. No, shut up and leave me alone. And I had the like mini sizes of Clinique Happy, Lancome Miracle, Chanel Chance, all of the minis of those. And Chanel I Chanel felt... Chance is elite. Yeah. And I felt very fancy. But that was also the era where like real like that to me was considered like real perfume, which I was like, this is too it precious. It is real perfume. I know, but I don't know why in my brain I was like, there's body splash and then there's real perfume. I guess I mean, yes, they are different products but like my perception of an eau de toilette or eau de parfum was so much more elevated that i was like i can't wear these every day Mm. people are gonna make fun of me for wearing perfume just because kids are mean and bullying was like normal a normal and fun activity for everybody to do as i'm like bring back bullying yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay well you are going growing up faster than I am because my timeline is still very much like a young person. You already name checked it and but I think it's obvious that it's on both of our lists. <laughs> it is Bath and Body Works, but mine was more so the body lotions. Ooh. And yes, they were it did sort of uh as it always has you could say a lot about the kind of person you were by which Bath and Body Works scent that you chose to wear. And I think a lot of my without like throwing myself down this rabbit hole, a lot of my obsession with scent as a young person and the kind of sense that I was drawn to and obsessed with had a lot to do with like knowing I was queer, but not even being old enough to know what that meant. Right, like, right, yeah. Knowing I was queer, but not even connecting that to same-sex attraction because what does that look or feel like as a seven-year-old you know what I mean but like that's why queerness is so much bigger than just sexual attraction oh yeah that's I think why I was so obsessed with scent as a young person in the kind of sense that I was because it was the only way that I could sort of unpack that and explore that in a safe way Mm -hmm. um and in a way that like you couldn't see you could only smell but yeah so that's my next one yeah Okay, I feel like I'm taking a weird little back track, but it's not chronologically. So my like tier, third tier is Victoria's Secret, specifically. <laughs> the Victoria's Secret fragrances, of which there were a lot, there still are a lot, mm-hmm. but specifically mm-hmm. not the ones in the underwear store, the ones in their like standalone beauty store. Their beauty store, yes. Yeah, the it was the Dream Angels collection. Mm-hmm. specifically and the whole thing there were like three of them at the time there was heavenly divine and halo i think there was another one called dream but like i don't know they just kept coming out with more of them they all kind of smelled pretty similar in my in my memory but they probably didn't and then there was one specific body splash in that it was like a limited edition one that i got on sale one of their like semi-annual sale things and it was so effervescent, powdery, musky, super violety, super irisy, which like now explains why I love both of those things. Mm. 
And to me, it was like the epitome of like girly, like sophisticated girliness where mm-hmm. I was like, I, I was also a very tragic pick me in high school. So I was like, I'm not like the other girls wearing like juicy couture. Right. <laughs> right. I'm wearing this limited edition Victoria's Secret body splash. Yeah. Little did I know. Yeah. And my my high school boyfriend at the time was like obsessed with it, which like to my teenage girl brain was like, that means it's the one. And I yeah. think because because it was Victoria's Secret, which in my perception of that day was like such like a sophisticated, quote unquote, like sexy grown up brand. I was like, this is it. This is me becoming a woman, even though I was still terrified of actual sex at the time. But like it was just, I don't know, a way to like play with that idea of sexuality and that that one day i might also myself be a sexual person right and yeah i felt very hot in that sense yeah that was my hot girl send and like because i bought it with my own money and it wasn't just like a hand-me-down fragrance i was like i chose this for myself so it felt very uh it felt very grown up at the time very official did you let's not have this conversation <laughs> but did you watch the um victoria's secret movie? no Dexter's? i didn't should i okay so you're I the mean, second person that asked me uh, no i just oh, i just asked mm-hmm. for that i mean it's a, it's everything you'd think yeah I mean, but what is crazy but... is that i recently smelled victoria's secret's newest fragrance bear mm-hmm. which i think is like me not the first but like Okay, like maybe the first standalone fragrance they've launched since their whole like rebrand. Mm-hmm. And I was just really curious like what the Victoria's Secret interpretation of bear is because they mm-hmm. built they build it as like an intimate gauzy skin scent that's invisible and intimate and just like for you and the people close to yeah, you know, like all that shit. And it smells so similar to those dream angels one really yeah very very similar a little bit more subdued but i was like well 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 the dna is still evident this whole (laughs) this whole rebrand i'm sorry i'm just like can you just be a company it's messy clean up your act like it's messy (laughs) and like it's obvious and like i know a lot i know a lot of people who are like making the rebrand happen on the creative side as i'm sure you do as well but and i'm just sort of like (laughs) good for you i love what you're doing but also like you are the 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 specter of the company is too big to have ever outrun. It's like just go to you know work on parade until they get canceled. Just um, be a company. <laughs> just yeah, please. Like I don't know. Like we know. Like we know what you did. Like yeah. congratulations on being inclusive in 2022. I know. God. Yikes! Big Table yikes! Mistakes. Um, my next one is department store fragrances. Mm. Department store fragrances, but not department store counter fragrances. I'm talking still being like a little boy stomping around the like little boy clothes section. I don't know. And uh they sold a couple couple roller balls that I remember getting my hands on one or two and you couldn't tell me shit i am sure that i was just rolling that rollerball over every inch of my teeny little body and fucking sucking the fragrance out of the ball it's <laughs> like i felt so sophisticated and so grown up and so cool and i was probably still in single digits and i do you ever smell those scents from childhood that were like obviously like a white label shelf formula that they just like put in these things and sold for $15. Do you ever smell those exact fragrances in other products that are just as much of like a low lift for a brand? Like I I swear that Mm. these are just like stock scents that they Mm. roll out every couple of years and things that like just need to scent for like for men, like a, like a Axe deodorant or right, a, right, a hair right, product. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, it's scent 34B. We haven't used that yeah. one in a while. Put that one out. So, like, I every couple of years smell that specific scent in something else that's just as like you know affordable and utilitarian as a a rollerball like in that was fifteen dollars at J C Penney. You know, and I'm why like, do there you so are. many four men scents smell the same? That's what I don't understand. Well, have you met a man? There's not a lot going on. But like, why? <laughs> But it's like almost every four men's fragrance smells the same to me. Like, what the hell is that about? This is a this is another episode. That's another episode. Like, I would truly love to know why all of those accords are like, yes, this is the poor Ulm. 
it's because they sell and they know that like they will sell again you know just like anything else also like men and nuance don't go Mm, well together often so why would you like you know create this like lovely thing that's a new idea anyway I can talk shit about mine. I'm I know. Lying. Well, what's crazy is that, like, I don't even think it's like necessarily because men said we only want this one thing. It's like literally just like the marketing. They're like, we will only sell this one thing that we know men will buy, and they never stray right. from that formula. So they never know. Like, men never get options because of that, which is also like kind of sad. But then it's like, guys, someone, someone's got to give. Come on, don't defend men on. This I'm not defending podcast. men. I'm talking to the <laughs> marketing teams. <laughs> They're not listening. No, they're not. They're not. They're looking Actually, at the stats. I mean, and if the past couple mm-hmm. weeks have taught us anything, they are listening. Hey, girls. <laughs> What's the next for you? Okay, next for me is retail fragrances, by which I mean the likes of the Gap Scents, mm-hmm. the Abercrombie Scents. What other stores have scents? The Urban Outfitters Scents. Mm. that i don't really see them anymore i don't know what happened to them oh i think those are still yeah. very much a thing i also want to say they are, that they I, did are. Tell, yeah. I did tell everyone they cause cancer and i was wrong <laughs> about that they don't and i'm sorry for saying that um <laughs> but yeah they're very much still in store and they have like they have a couple in store but they have like a billion different scents online of the same like yes. little squatty rectangle bottles yep 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 and i'm just like who who are you who is making I, literally who are you <laughs> yeah because I know it's like an in-house label. So I'm just like, what? <laughs> this happening? Yeah. I mean, the gap sense are, if you grew up in the 90s or early aughts, like iconic to mm-hmm. pop culture. And we were sent. The new ones they have, they're still very similar to the originals. I still love them. Mm-hmm. I like keep them in a weird little collection in the back of my closet. That's like, I just smell them when I like want a boost of like nostalgia or something. Mm-hmm. But those would be my fourth tier. Yeah. I think my I've completely lost track of numbers at this point. Yeah. My next one would be and it's funny because this is such an outlier for me, like at this point, and sort of always has been sent to deodorants. Oh. When I was in middle school and entering high school, it was I think I started high school in two thousand two. I'm about to be thirty-five. I we know that I can't tell time on the show, <laughs> but um it was acts came out the summer right before my freshman year of high school and before that like things were getting very axy and that like the men's deodorant category from what I remember was uh evolving from being more than old spice like they were really creating like small collections of like really sporty scents like ice mountain and like fire river or whatever like and um that's like all anyone smelled like in high school and then of course axe hit and it was like game over for everyone whether you wanted to be or not but <laughs> that i didn't because i started wearing fragrance regularly every day pretty young like i think by the time i was a freshman or sophomore in high school so i didn't and even then i was like well i don't want two competing scents on my body especially those like deodorant scents which are loud as fuck they were then yeah. still are today so i switched to being an unscented deo girl but in those two when we talk about like stock men's scents and, and things yep. like a deodorant that's a you know what six dollars it's a banana how much could it cost ten dollars <laughs> yeah so like i will experience those scents in my day-to-day a few times a year that I'm like, mm-hmm. I know exactly what the scent is. And I know exactly what it was 15 years ago. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ew. Was I a freshman in high school 20 years ago? Ooh, I don't like that at all. Yeah. Yikes. Big is that yikes. true? Wait. That is true. Whatever. I, I am finally in high school. 20. Oh my God. Okay. So now we're in, I moved out of the house. I'm on my own in college. <laughs> quote unquote moved out it's like you live on campus for like three months at a time but I went to like kind of like a hippie liberal arts school and like everybody was really into making their own like kind of essential oil blend sense no and and the namat oils from Whole Foods oh my god yes yes, those were like the if you know you know sense I remember in college for me and I would cop the, this was like still in my shoplifting days. So I would cop the. I love your shoplifting era. The Egyptian musk and the jasmine one and mix them together for my own unique little uh, scent. And I felt mm. very chic. 
It's so funny because I literally just bought one of those last month. I know. I know. Yeah. They've been around for ages. They're great. And I truly wonder, I'm like, what is this company? Like, what do you do? Like, how much of this oil do you produce? Shit. What are your sales numbers? Like, I'm just curious. Right. Right. I guess I think my next one would be, I'm still in high school at this point, but getting to department store counter fragrances. So, I mean, my first ones were Burberry Touch, uh, John Varvatos, John Varvatos, which I'll never pronounce correctly. It's his fault. Jacobs. Yeah, right. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, then I think by high school, I had just pulled up into the mass fine fragrance space and Mm -hmm. I have never left. Yes, on that note, also that I think this was okay. This was around the time like Sephora became a lot bigger, and mm-hmm. there were so many around New York City. And I was working in the city at the time as like a shop girl in various shops in various neighborhoods. There was always a Sephora nearby, so I could always pop in before or after work and just like spray some mm-hmm. shit. And mm-hmm. because I was I was living on Long Island at the time, so I had to take the LIRR into the city, which like runs on less of a schedule than like the subway so sometimes depending on whatever like I had to be at work I would either I would have to take like a train that's like a little that would get me in the city a little bit earlier than my shift just because otherwise the next train I would have been late so if you ever had to kill time I'd go to Sephora I fell in love with specifically Escada scents I never knew what they were because the bottles always looked the same but they were like slightly different like flankers and they were always like flamingo girl or like rio nights or like something like that but they were always these really juicy fruity gourmands which i thought was the height of sophistication and i fell in love with very irresistible by Givenchy. no those two specifically yes oh and nina ricci nina okay that that was my fruity gourmand stage (laughs) i love that yeah you you love an scott i do my f- next one, I suppose, I mean, I was firmly seated in the, you know, mass department store sense for probably, you know, the next five, seven years of my life. But I remember the first time I broke out of that was, I have definitely told this story on this show before, but I bought with my own money a bond number nine cent. Wow. When I That's was like, like very big level. Like it's a it's, jump, yeah. It's still big level. I, yeah, I don't want to exactly spend all that money on a fragrance right now, but like they they had done a couple Andy Warhol collabs, but they had recently put out one. Recently, then put out one that was very fragrance wise. It was very me. It was very plum, very purple, and so was the bottle, and it had a space on it, uh, like one of his portraits, of course. And I just like thought it was the coolest thing. I needed to have it, and I had had a pretty like rough summer job wise and the bar had opened back up and I was finally making money again, hand over fist as a bartender, you know what I mean? Like 23 making tips. Like what am I doing? <laughs> what I was, what I was doing was buying a bond number nine cent. So that was, uh, I still have it actually. And I think that was my first foray into like capital L luxury. I mean, I think yeah. frankly fragrance is luxury period because I mean, it's one, you know, disposable income, no matter how much cost it's a fragrance. You don't need that. And yeah. two, I think, you know, department stores of course luxury but this was like neat uh would you call i wouldn't call bond number nine niche but i would call it they are i I call it high end they're niche they're definitely luxury high end yeah but they're also just like very expensive they're so expensive. like i think at the time like i was thinking that like the price of department store designer fragrances was like the standard so anything above that i was like why is it so expensive i think i still think of that as a standard though yeah yeah it does differ by brand i've realized yeah i'm trying to think of a like a a clinique would or lancome would go for like 60 or 80 and then like mark jacobs would or ysl or dior would go for like 80 or 20 so it's like kind of in that ballpark but i think they start at 60 depending on what you're talking about and what size what is my next one then i guess like i mean we're already at like high-end luxury but i think then i think like when we when we started that was sort of the beginning of the very beginning early stages of like the beauty boom of the early aughts do you know what i mean so we started seeing more niche fragrance houses and 
you know, any of the ones I can name drop at this point are the ones that we always talk about. But I mean, I mean, on that tip, I will say like, okay, in the era when I first started beauty writing for, (laughs) you know, Exo Vane as a freelancer. And this was, I think I literally almost like 2013 is when I started beauty writing. And at the time it was when like bloggers were like spat upon as like scum and wannabes and posers. So getting beauty samples sent to you was like kind of a hassle. Uh, oh, unless, I disagree. Unless, really? Unless you worked at like a magazine, yes. they were always like, any publicist was just like, well, what is this publication? Where do you write? Can I see your portfolio? Mm-hmm. Like, what are the numbers? And I was like, fuck's sake, just god damn it. But at the time, I because I, I was like, trouble. well, like at the time, because I wasn't well versed in that, I just assumed that like if I ever made a request, I had to cover it. It had to be positive, and I had mm-hmm. to provide them like all of the stats that I could, which now I'm just like, fuck off. Um, This is free press. But also the attitude towards beauty is also very different. Like now I could ask for anything and nobody would really give a fuck. But And the ones you do are annoying. But (laughs) the first time I got sent like a burrito or a diptyque, I was like, oh my God, this is the height of luxury. Because mm-hmm. not only was it like luxury and artisanal, it was like the quote unquote cool brands yeah. at the time. I think the first Byredo scent that I got sent was the unnamed one. And I covered it in Exovane. Oh, I yeah. remember this. Sauce. Yeah. And then I was sent a dip. I forget what diptyque one I was sent. It was like a woody scent. And I remember like not even particularly loving the scent for myself, but just like it feeling so special because it was like diptyque mm-hmm. diptyque had a moment in like the 2010s oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> yes absolutely it absolutely. was like the height of like the coolest scent you could have and now, i don't know what's going on with them now no idea yeah no mm-hmm. i've never got a press release from them in the last five years <laughs> oh i have i they, yeah you have sandy um even like at allure i was like where are they what yeah i don't know but yeah that was like my beginning of like my obsession with fragrance right yes yeah i don't know i guess like once i got into the more niche space it's just been sort of like off to the races but then i mean we just have like beauty and <laughs> capitalism to thank for that because now it's like everyone everyone has a scent and like i do think i mean understanding like what it is and why it is like this is a pretty exciting time to be in fragrance and to love fragrance because I mean, for better or worse, everyone's doing a scent. But to see brands, I mean, take Boy Smells, for example, a brand that I do love and like their queer owned company that is really like about that life and, and does good work. Seeing them go from candles and intimates to fine fragrance and to really excel in the space and do great things and to ha- have them become like a household name and launch in Sephora this week. I think like, you know, yeah, it's all money. Like they're all companies. Like we don't worship brands in this house, but it's like, okay, if you got to like something, you might as well like some good shit done by people that you like or brands that yeah. you feel seen by, or, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Here there's just so many more options now, mm-hmm. which I think is great that it it is at least making fragrance in general, more interesting, more accessible and not so, sure. not so hierarchical. Yes, yes. Which I do yes, like. Because yes, yes. exactly. like now I'll wear anything and it doesn't matter if it's expensive or not. Yeah. I don't have that perception anymore of like, this is better because it's more expensive. I don't think that anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. And I think most people shouldn't think of fragrance that way either. I agree. I don't even know what level we're at, but that's just where my brain, it's like the galaxy brain meme. I'm like, it's from Yeah, right. <laughs> Right. That's it. That's exactly yeah. what this has been. What's next in the world of smells? Well, what is next in the world? I know. Of smells? You you always talk about personalization. I think I think synthetics. More to come on that. It's funny because um, like synthetics have always been around. I just feel like for whatever reason, like I don't I don't think people would be as aware of them if people weren't making such a big deal about natural and clean fragrances because everyone before they're like, if this is natural and clean, what are the all the other things? Yeah. Oh my god. Well, well, that was us, our journey. Tell us either how you got into fragrance uh, or your favorite era in your fragrance journey and the fragrances that stick out to you, or tell us whatever the hell you want. Our DMs are open. Yeah. Tell us in a review on Apple Podcasts. Yes. Tell us in a positive five star review, yes. or it could be a negative review with five stars. 
Also that we will read those first. (laughs) (laughs) Follow us at smellulator.mp3 or hit our website, smellulator.live. Yes. It's all right. Yes, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) Follow me at Sabletoothstigra. And I am at Tynan Buck. And until next time, we will smell Smell you later. later.